All right, let's start the week off on a strong note. Welcome, guys. My name is DK. In this video, we're break down the four-game NBA DFS slate. Uh, I'll also cover content for player prop sites like Prize Picks, Underdog, and Parlay Play. Parlay Play is the sponsor. If you guys are not on Parlay Play, you can use the link down below for a $100 deposit match bonus, or you can use the code DKDFS. But it's a player prop site. You're building out slips of player props, and you're going to 75x your money. Uh, my best advice is if you are on these DFS slash player prop sites, get on as many of them as possible. And then when you do place your prop bets, you can search for which, which one offers the best value. Um, so yeah, give it a try, guys. Click that link, deposit. If you do, it does help support the channel. Greatly appreciate that. And if you guys are looking for more content for uh, DFS or for player prop stuff, you can check my Patreon link down below. I had a very good day overall today. Cash NFL main slate. Cash NBA main slate uh, went eight and four overall in my prop. So yeah, very profitable day overall. We can recap it here uh, right now. So let's go over my lineup for NBA. Thought it was gonna be a bit of a bigger night. Uh, so a couple couple of tilting things here. Uh, but yeah, I basically full stacked the late game, Lakers and Blazers game, and I got unlucky here. Well, number one, my my strong stand in tournaments tonight was I was all over Dyson Daniels. Absolutely no one wanted him. Right? Absolutely no one wanted him. He is absolutely breaking the slate. Random mess of blowout to punish the Sharks that played him. No fourth quarter minutes for Dyson Daniels. On pace for close to 50. Nah, he's on the, he's on the pine for the whole fourth quarter to punish me. For no reason. For no reason whatsoever, right? Random, massive blowout for absolutely no reason. It's so, so, so tilting. But the Drew Smith slappies, 70% owned for a backup point guard, randomly starts the second half. Okay. It's like, how good do the fish run? The fish always get so incredibly lucky, and the sharks always get punished. And a massive blowout for Dyson Daniels? Giga over own Drew Smith randomly starts the second half. Incredible, incredible stuff. But um, yeah, I played Dyson Daniels with just a full stack of this game. Hayes, Rees, Rui, AD, D'Lo, Sharp, and Reddish. Another thing that did not make sense, we talked about this a lot in the Patreon stream, I did not understand why Torian Prince was so much more popular than Cam Reddish and Rui Hashimura. I, just, I said that does not make any sense. Give me Reddish and Ruri at a fraction of the ownership, and they blew Torian Prince out of the water. Now, here's the thing, right? The outcome doesn't even matter. Sure, Reddish blew Prince out of the water, but I basically said those two are the same play, right? They're score-independent wings that are going to play similar minutes. Why is Torian Prince projecting for like 20x the ownership of Cam Reddish? That's what I said. I'm like, okay, if you can identify spots like that where guys look similar and one is just like, way, way more popular than the other, you're going to be a successful GPP player if you play the lower own option, if they're similar plays. And that's basically what I, I saw Reddish and Prince as very similar plays. I did not understand why Prince was, Prince in this contest was 50% owned. I was the only one that played Cam Reddish in this tournament. So um, yeah, it worked out. But again, the, it's not even the outcome. The outcome doesn't even matter, right? If, if Torian Prince outscored Cam Reddish here, I still wouldn't have been like, I'm, I know I made the right decision playing Reddish. So that's, that's the thing you have to get in your mind. Like, it's like the outcome does not matter. You identify spots like that before lock, where you have two similar plays, and the field is just way overconfident in one, 
you're going to be a successful tournament player if you can identify spots like that and get to the lower own option. And that's what we did tonight with Rui and with Reddish over Giga over own Torian Prince. Um, Shaden Sharp, triple doubles with turnovers, which is so, so, so tilting. Um, he started strong. And, and also, Skyler Mays, too, randomly just plays 20 seconds in the third quarter, subs out. Just no news on anything. Just didn't know what was happening. Didn't play the third quarter. Came back into the fourth. Like, what happened? We just don't know what happened to Skyler Mays. He just didn't play in the third quarter. He played like 20 seconds, subbed out. I'm looking, I'm trying to find anything in Twitter. Just nothing. No news. Um, so, yeah. That was the recap. Again, it, it could have been a much bigger night for me. It could have been a much bigger night. Random, massive blowout for Dyson Daniels. The Drew Smith slappies. Luck box into a random second half start. Um, and then uh, Skyler Mays just... For no reason, doesn't play the third quarter. Don't know, still don't know what happened there. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a recap of everything. Hope you guys had a good night. And uh, yeah, let's talk about this four-game slate. This was an interesting one. We have a few games definitely with blowout risks, especially these first two, New York and Boston. So uh, we'll start off with the New York side. Uh, Brunson and Randall, 8.2 and 8.1 carry respectively. Both solid tournament plays. Definitely neither are priorities. Um, what I, I've said this every single time. There's a team playing the Boston Celtics. There's massive blowout risk. Well, the last couple games the Boston's played, they've blown teams out of the water. Boston is just by far the best team in the NBA right now. Knicks team is like an average team in the NBA. So Knicks going on the road in Boston, there is blowout risk here. If you think the Knicks can keep it competitive, Randall and Brunson are probably going to be the reason why. So both reasonable options, but they're risky. RJ Barrett, 6.5K. Could see around 30 minutes, relatively score independent, but does have ceiling games here and there. Again, if you think the Knicks can keep it competitive, he's fine. Not as high as Mitchell Robinson. I just don't really see the need to play him on a slate like this, but again, his minutes fluctuate, production fluctuates. You want to consider him in tournaments, I guess. Mano quickly, I mean, the price is up on him too, so like, I don't love it. Again, he is going to be productive off the bench, but... Eh. And even if this game blows out, like I don't even know if he plays the blowout. They could just like empty the bench. Uh, Hart feels too pricey. DiVincenzo feels too pricey. Those guys got priced up a bit when RJ Barrett was out. RJ Barrett's now back. Ardenstein feels overpriced at 4.5K. I don't think I can stomach clicking Quentin Grimes on this slate. So, yeah, I mean, the Knicks are a pretty unappealing team and they're risky. I think it's just mainly the top three guys. Uh, but again, a lot of blow risk. And with Boston, it's the same thing I've been saying every single day with this team. Uh, they're going to run a tight rotation. The game can stay competitive. It's just a matter of can the game stay competitive? Jason Tatum, guy at the highest floor plus ceiling, 10K is a reasonable price point. It's just a matter of will he plays full complement of minutes. Jalen Brown and Porzingis feel a little bit overpriced, but these are guys that still have shown ceilings at their price points, so they're still playable. Holiday and Derek White, probably, you know, two of the easier guys to get to on Boston, but definitely not must plays. Um, Derek White's minutes have not been amazing. Even in competitive games, the minutes have been down a bit on him. Al Horford is 5K. You know, he should see mid-20s minutes. I will say, if you think the game blows out, and I've said this for a lot recently, Peyton Pritchard is the guy you want to look to. He's going to be in the regular rotation. He's going to play a little bit. And if the game blows out, he will play in the blowout. So Pritchard intrigues me if you're going for that like blowout route, right? Um, so good point per minute guy. If the game does blow out, he benefits. He's benefited the last couple games in the blowouts. 
You can make the same argument for Hauser. I would just rather play Pritchard at a similar price point. I like the ceiling a little bit more on him. All right, Washington, Toronto. I mean, this team's really pissing me off. This team is really, really pissing me off. Massive blow risk here. This team is awful. Going on the road in Toronto, and they're just not playing their guys' minutes. What are we doing here? I already tilted about this in my last video. But again, it is 2023. Why are we playing Dalinari and Landry Shamit significant minutes for a team that has nothing to play for? Develop your young players, right? Like, why are we not playing pool? Kuzma, Tyus Jones, Denny, 35 plus minutes a night, no matter what. Even in competitive games, these guys are playing like 30 minutes. It just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, 8.3K in a competitive game last game, only played 31 minutes. I mean, if he played normal NBA minutes, I would have a lot more interest in him. But right now, Wizards is not giving him minutes. Jordan Poole, same thing. He's going to chuck when he's out there, but he's playing like 30 minutes a game, even in competitive games. If the game blows out, he's playing like 20 minutes. Denny Advia randomly played 38 minutes, kind of out of nowhere. Um, he was in the same range. So like, I don't really know what to make of that game. Um, but yeah, 6.3K, eh. Ias Jones has not been getting minutes. They're playing like, I don't even know, DeLon. Like, like what, they do? What, is team, what is this team doing? Like, what are they doing? Again, it's just so dumb. This coach needs to be fired for what he's doing. It really does. Like, I don't understand what he is thinking. Ias Jones, 6K, and the minutes have been all over the place, even in competitive games. Kind of have a hard time, hard time trusting it. Daniel Gafford, 5.5K. Like, 15 minutes could play 30. You tell me. And just like a random Blau Kulabale nuke just out of nowhere. 34 minutes, 42 fantasy points after averaging like 0.5 fantasy points a, uh, a minute and just randomly 40, a 40 bomb for Kulabale. Like, can someone make some sense out of this team for me? Uh, uh, Corey Kispert. Oh, gosh. I just. Oh, it's so disgusting clicking Corey Kispert's name. Again, like Gallinari playing like 20 minutes a game. I don't know why. Why is Landry Shamit playing so many minutes? I just, oh, this team is just so, so, so gross and just really pissing me off. So I just had to get that out of there. Like, I, I don't know what to do with this. And talk about Toronto, much easier to talk about. Main guy, they're going to run a pretty tight rotation if the game stays competitive. My boy, Scotty Barnes, um, finally had a letdown game, his first bad game of the season. But this is a great bounce back spot here uh, against Washington. So no issue paying that price point. Siakam, the price has dropped in him. Again, smash bot, should play big minutes in competitive game. Dennis Schroeder should see 30 plus minutes. I think he's a reasonable mid-range option. OJ Ananobi, really fine with him. Jakob Pertle with Achua back, his minutes are not as secure. Or he's kind of going to split the minutes with Achua. But um, again, it is such a good spot that you can consider him. Achua himself a 4.6K might be the slightly better point per dollar play of the two centers with him and Pirtle. Gary Trent Jr., questionable. If he misses, I think it would just kind of solidify minutes for a lot of the main guys. 
by Boyd Boucher. Still saw some rotation minutes. Last game he did play. He got extended because of the blowout too. I don't really know what his normal minutes are going to look like with a Chua back. So he is definitely risky. I don't think I can like stomach playing Otto Porter. I just don't think I can do that in 2023 as well. Uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. And you know what I'm going to say about the Chicago team. No, right? It just like the tape. Dean, Booch, DeRozan. Hmm. They're all priced about the same. Oh, we've seen that literally all season. So, on a small slate, they all look similar to me. I don't have any strong takes. If I'm going to play one of these guys, it's probably going to be whichever one's the lowest owned. My guess for whichever one is going to be the lowest owned is probably Levine. He had the bad game last game. He's the priciest, but yeah, Levine, Booch, DeRozan, this is where the offense is run. There is some blowout risk here too. The Chicago team is not great. Playing on the road in Milwaukee, Dame is back. So I would say there's a bit of blowout risk in this game too. Kobe White, 5.4K, will probably be one of the more popular plays um, in this price range. He's been playing a lot better of late, um, and his minutes have been pretty secure. So yeah, I think Kobe White is solid. Um, Andre Drummond feels a bit pricey, but he'll be productive when he's on the court. Got Torrey Craig and Patrick Williams splitting the power forward position. Um, both reasonable options. Craig's been starting over Patrick Williams, but they're pretty similar plays, in my opinion. Russo missed last game. We'll keep an eye on that news. If he misses again, uh, a guy like Ayo Desumo probably benefits. He played 27 minutes last game. So you could consider Desumo as a punt play if there is no Alex Caruso. Talk about Milwaukee. So on a small slate, raw points are going to matter. I think Giannis looks great. Even with Dame back, um, yeah, really like Giannis at the top. Dame Lillard himself, more of your contrarian pivot off Giannis, a much lower floor. Um, and I prefer Giannis straight up, but that doesn't mean you can't play Dame over him. Dame still has a ceiling um, and is a bit cheaper. I just still don't think I can click Chris Middleton. Like the minutes are just capped right now, like 20. So unless we get news that he's, his minutes are going up, I just can't go to Middleton yet. Lopez has been kind of disappointing. Um, minutes have been eh, not great. Bobby Portis should see mid-20s minutes or so, you know, around that. I'm always fine with him because he's a good point-per-minute guy. Uh, Payne is definitely overpriced with Dame Lillard back. Malik Beasley kind of comes down to whether or not he's making a shot. If he's making a shot, he can play more minutes. If he's missing a shot, they can bench him like last game. So high-risk, high-reward play. No Jay Crowder. You'd think like Conanton, Marshawn, Beauchamp probably see a couple more minutes. Uh, three seven for content, three three for Beauchamp. Eh, still not gonna feel great about either, but they should see a couple more minutes there without Crowder. And the final game here is Cleveland and Sacramento. So uh, this is probably my favorite game to target right now. I'll say uh, both teams should run pretty tight rotations, especially the Cavs. So Donovan Mitchell nine point three k. I'm expecting high thirties minutes from him uh, in a bit of an up tempo game. Yeah, I, I like Donovan Mitchell good amount. Has nice eligibility with the shooting guard eligibility as well. Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, I think, are pretty safe options. Uh, the minutes have not been amazing on Mobley, but I think you can expect low to mid-30s minutes from him. Darius Garland should see mid-30s minutes, no longer on a limit. I think he's pretty safe. Harris LeVert has played extremely well off the bench last couple games. Again, like, I don't love the price point, though, on LeVert. It kind of feels like a chase play, so I think I would just rather get to the other main guys like Mobley or Garland. I'm fine with Max Schroes, too. He's going to see pretty big minutes. Um, he's been rebounding the ball at a decent like decent rate as well. Um, yeah, I think Max Drews is a solid option. 
Jared Allen, pretty safe too. You know, minutes kind of capped in the high 20s, but he's not going to kill you. Not a guy with a massive ceiling right now. They said they're going to still limit his minutes, but again, he's probably not going to kill you either. And then Cleveland's not really running a ton off the bench, right? Lavert's the one guy playing big minutes at the bench. So you're going to see probably a little bit of Niang, maybe a little bit of Dean Wade, and then maybe some like Tristan Thompson or like Damian Jones for a few minutes. But yeah, Cleveland's just running a very tight rotation. So definitely a team that I like a good amount on the slate. And finally, the Kings, uh, De'Aaron Fox is doubtful. So once again, you're going to get most likely Keon Ellis starting. Um, Devontas bonus, my boy, and playing pretty consistent this year. Uh, in a competitive game, you should see high 30s minutes. So yeah, I like Sabonis at 10-1. I think Giannis is the more optimal of the spend-ups, but uh, Sabonis should come in with less ownership of those two guys. And then two guys that I was very high on last slate were Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter. And the reason I was so high on Keegan Murray is, let's just not look at that last game. But again, the opportunities were there for him, right? The minutes were there. The shot attempts were there. He just was not making a shot. And I kept saying, okay, out Deer and Fox, one of these games, Keegan Murray's going to make his shots. When he does, he has a very high ceiling. What happened? 40 minutes, 50 bomb for Keegan Murray. So, and also, we can identify spots like that, right? Where guys are underperforming, but minutes are there. Usage is there. The shot's just not falling, or, you know, he's getting in foul trouble. He's getting unlucky. You can identify spots like that. Be a successful tournament player. So, yeah, Keegan Murray smashed. Kevin Herter smashed. I like them. Again, about Deer and Fox. There's a lot of usage to go around here. Both these wings look good. Malik Monk off the bench, I think, should see at least mid-20s minutes. I have no issue paying 6K for him. We know the ceiling's there. The minutes on David and Mitchell kind of been all over the place. Again, coming off the bench makes him a lot riskier. Keon Ellis, uh, a guy that we played a lot in the summer league. Kind of surprised he starts at the point guard position. He's been starting at the point guard position the last couple games. I don't feel great about his minutes. Game Two games ago, he started only played 21 minutes. Last game, he played 31 minutes. I think they're going to go with a hot hand with him slash Davion Mitchell. So this one will kind of be an ownership play, right? And here's another example, right? Here's another GPP example. Let's just think about this. Okay. So small slate. We're going into it. Keon Ellis projected for 50% ownership. Davion Mitchell projection for 10%. Let's just say, again, I'm making it off these numbers. Let's just say those are the numbers. Why would I ever play Keon Ellis at 50% ownership when I can play David Mitchell at 10%, right? I think those two are similar plays. Like I said, I think they're going to go They're going to go with the hot hand. So in a situation like that for tournaments, I'm always going to lean for whoever's the lower on option. So if I play one of Davion slash Keon Ellis, it's probably going to be with everyone's lower owned. And that's the same example, basically, with the Lakers wings, right? With Rui and with Reddish versus Chalk, uh, Torian Prince. Here's another example. And again, we don't know the ownership. I'm making this video the night before. That's another GPP example right there, right? With Ellis and with Davion Mitchell. Two games ago, Davion Mitchell came off the bench, played 28 minutes, right? He played well. He closed. Last game, Keon Ellis played well. They kept him in. He played 31 minutes. So if one of these guys is getting way more ownership than the other, I'm just going to prefer the lower own option. Hopefully that makes sense for tournaments. Again, we talk about this a lot. If you guys are interested, we talk about this a ton in the Patreon stream. We identify spots like this for GPPs, for guys going over-owned, under-owned, or the similar plays like um, these two Sacramento guards. And the last thing to mention, Alex Len, he's the backup center right now over... Um, 
over JaVale McGee. He's a good point per minute guy. So like, sure, on a small slate, he's in consideration. If Sabonis gets in foul trouble, yeah, Len can smash, right? He's like a similar play to like Andre Drummond, but he's just cheaper. All right, guys, so that's going to do it for the video. Um, as always, if you do enjoy, make sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. I'll try to get a prize picks video up after this. I haven't looked at the board yet. Hopefully, I do have stuff up. But um, good luck on tomorrow's slates, and we'll see you all in the next one.